You're listening to the Fantasy Football Astronauts. What up? What up, everybody? This is your host of the Fantasy Football Astronauts podcast, Daniel Harms. We have week one in the books now. What a crazy week it was. Just a bunch of nonsense going on. Lots of games that didn't hit those totals, but the Chiefs game was one of those big ones. Mahomes put up 44 points. So we're going right back to that and talking about the three games that could be the highest scoring of the slate to target for DFS purposes and also in your own lineups, players that you're going to want to look at from both sides of each game. The reason we're doing this so early is I want to be able to get the Thursday night game out. It is Chiefs versus Chargers. This is one of those games that's supposed to be one of the big of the week, and it is Thursday night. The the over-under Vegas total right now is sitting at 54.5. That is what that tells you that they think obviously it's going to be the most highest scoring game on the slate. Let's look at some of the players in there. We know to start both Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, regardless. doesn't really matter about the defenses they play. You want them in your lineup, so don't even worry about that. Over to the running back portion, I think it's very telling what the Chiefs want to do, at least with their starters. I think that Clyde has been very focalized and focused on in the passing game a little bit more this year. They started off in that game against the Cardinals, really emphasizing the run with him in this offensive line. Then it started to get out of hand. They scored a lot of points, and you started to see more Jarek McKinnon, more Isaiah Pacheco. They're going to use them interchangeably, but I do believe the bulk of the work is going to go to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You're going to see more in the passing game, too. I think they're going to try to exploit the linebacker situation with Clyde a little bit, try to get some of these defensive ends up the field out and get Clyde in some of these out routes and things like that. So... I do think you can start him pretty comfortably this week. I think that they're going to do a pretty decent job of trying to exploit the run defense, which while I think that they're going to be more improved, it's still going to take some time in L.A. to get everything figured out. And on the L.A. side with the running backs, an interesting player emerged yesterday, or excuse me, on Sunday, Xander Horvath. Yes, that is right, Xander Horvath. I believe he's their fullback, if I'm not mistaken. But he played 22 snaps to Austin Eckler's 33, and to Joshua Kelly's 25. Sonny Michelle also plays 16. So there is a very large emphasis on trying you know, to get more running backs involved to lighten Austin Eckler's workload. He had four targets, had four receptions on those targets, but that was you know, not the, the biggest <laughs> emphasis that the Chargers really wanted. He got the majority of the attempts. Sonny Michelle had seven. Austin Eckler had 14. Joshua Kelly had four. So there is... Some very interesting ideas going on in, in L.A. with the usage of Austin Eckler. It does appear that they want his usage to come down. You know, Austin Eckler only had 11.2 points last week. Xander Horvath had 8.8. On Joshua Kelly had 5.5. So they're just really doing a, a better job of getting everybody involved, which is not great for fantasy. But we've seen in the past that the Chargers score points on the Chiefs. Their, their run defense has been bad in the past. I think, again, I do believe that it's going to be better this year, but it's hard to know early in the season. So I still think you can fire up Austin Eckler in this game. I wouldn't really worry about anything from week one for both of these running backs heading into. Do keep an eye on how much they use Horvath, you know, Kelly, and Michelle because this is going to be an interesting snap percentage that gets up being doled out it's going to probably change week to week but the emphasis on trying to use more 21 personnel with their fullback is very evident in that usage so over to the wide receiver position 
Patrick Holmes wasn't lying. He's going to be using a bunch of different receivers. They're going to use a bunch of receivers, tight ends, and running backs in that offense. And it's going to be a different player every week. Travis Kelsey went off last week. So I think that you can really kind of assume that they're going to do their best to match up Travis Kelsey in better situations than always up, than always up against Derwin James. Derwin James is one of the guys that gives Travis Kelsey the toughest matchup. He is like a blanket putting over him. He's always been very good at beating Travis Kelsey at his own game. So I think that he's the, one of the best coverage players in the NFL. And when he's healthy, it's really hard to beat him. So I'm still tentatively starting Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs. It's just hard for me to, to get in there and say that he's going to have another game like he did last week unless Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes get on that level where they're really scheming him up a lot more, maybe into some more offset personnel sets where he's more of the, the sniffing tight end or he's more of an offline tight end where he's not on the line as a receiver. I'm hoping to see them get to some of those situations where he's going to be in better situations to actually have an impact on your fantasy game. And the Chiefs wide receivers, Juju Schuster was targeted quite a bit. I think he had seven targets in that game against the Cardinals. The whole idea in Kansas City has been to use multiple multiple um just just multiple wide receivers as many as they possibly can i think four to five a week they're gonna be seeing that's an absurd amount usually it's really a different change from what we've seen in the past with travis kelsey and tyree kill being the big focal point and everyone else just kind of being there kind of being involved a little bit here and there but as we have now seen in that very first week it's hard to to really know because Every single week can be a different guy. Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, he got 44 routes, excuse me, 44 snaps next to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who had 50 snaps. Routes run was also led by MVS. Juju was right behind him. McCole Hardman right behind them. So the bulk of the routes that were being run were by those three receivers. And I believe when I watched the game back that McCole Hardman was being dialed up multiple shot attempts also a couple of actual just in the red zone looks which is very encouraging for his touchdown upside i think this could be a mccall hardman week you know he got 25 target 25 percent of the target share per route run those are all things that you really do like his average depth of target was 14 the highest on the team next to sky Moore. you know he had the one target so all of these things 15 you know mccall hardman had 15 percent of the target share travis kelsey 23 juju juju schuster is 20 percent there so there's a lot going on in kansas city this is going to be a very fluid offense and trying to get the ball out in multiple different ways so it's hard for me to start any one guy at the wide receiver position but if i had to guess if i had to guess the Chargers probably are going to be playing quite a bit of zone in this game. The one player and the one consistency in against zone is Juju Schuster. He could pile up a ton of receptions, and that could really boost your points, especially if he's a flex guy. Maybe even a starter, he scores a touchdown here in this game. I think that they're going to play a lot of zone. Again, that really plays into Juju Schuster's strength. So that's one guy I'm really looking at on the Kansas City side. On the LA side, this is really gets a little dicey because we don't know what's going to happen with Keenan Allen at this point. It doesn't look like he's trending towards playing. And then you have really an offense that we didn't know what it was going to be like without Keenan Allen. And I think what we ended up seeing, you know, Mike Williams not having a great game, having a 14%, excuse me, 11% of the target share, um, Joshua Palmer, 11%, like they kind of divvied it up everywhere. 
And targets per route run for Mike Williams was 14.3. And Keenan Allen had 33, but he was you know, taken off the field a little bit earlier. He didn't have a great game against Mike, Mike Williams. He usually has pretty good game, pretty good history against the Chiefs. I think three out of the last four, he's been over 100 yards and a touchdown at least. So you're looking at that. Gerald Everett tight ends typically are a, a sore spot against Kansas City. They usually go off against them, and they wanted to use Gerald Everett in that game. So right now, I'm looking at starting Mike Williams. Again, I think his history speaks for itself. I would definitely start Gerald Everett because... This is one, like I said, it's one of those things that they always end up getting against Kansas City. They find tight ends and they get some big chunk plays from Mike Williams. So Josh Palmer, maybe a little bit here. DeAndre Carter, we'll see how they use those both of those guys. But at the end of the day, I think that you can trust this game's going to put up a lot of points. And if you get some of those secondary weapons, the running backs, you get some a little bit of the offense from Juju, a little bit from maybe Travis Kelsey. The running backs, the same with the, the Chargers. You could really find yourself in a position here to have a pretty, you know, a pretty sizable. Um, lead going in and they, they put up a lot of points we know the quarterbacks will and at the end of the day that's really what matters if we're trying to find those guys that are going to be in so the value for these guys is going to be at an all-time high this game is obviously two thursday night be big stage in kansas city i definitely think that there's going to be a lot of you know a lot of interesting things that can happen for your guys's teams the second game that we're going to talk about is the Minnesota Vikings against the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a very interesting game because I think that the Minnesota Vikings defense is going to pose a much better you know, challenge than the Detroit Lions did last week. I also think that there's a little bit of skepticism in Philadelphia that you know they, they put up all those points early and then they kind of went away their defense showed up didn't show up later and the Detroit Lions were able to come back in that game so I'm interested to see what they end up doing we all know that these quarterbacks are kind of in terms of passers I would say that Kirk Cousins is a better passer of the football than uh, excuse me than Jalen Hurts is so I'm definitely starting Kirk Cousins in that first game you know he didn't have the best stat line but I think at the end of the day what we're looking at is consistency he has the best receiver in the NFL on his team I do believe that maybe you know Adam Thielen comes back this week and it has a little bit of showing to that but when you look at what Justin Jefferson did last week you know 56 snaps 32 routes he only ran 32 routes in that game obviously commanded a 34% target share. He was just everywhere. And when you put up everything that he did in that game, two touchdowns, over 100 plus yards, like he was just everywhere. He was winning everywhere. It didn't matter who it was up against. He's going to continue to find ways. They're going to scheme him up and get him the ball on it. And every single week, you can never ever bench Justin Jefferson. I do think that he's going to be the best receiver in the NFL by the, if he's not already, you know, I think, like I said, I think Adam Thielen is going to be a little bit of a more targeted player this week. Only had 13% of the targets last week against the, the, excuse me, the Green Bay Packers. That was more due to the fact that their corners are actually very good. I think that they really wanted to show everyone and exploit that Justin Jefferson is that good. And they're going to come back this week against the team in the, Philadelphia Eagles, who they don't have a bad one-two punch with James Brad, excuse me, James Bradbury and Darius Slay, but I don't think they're to the level of Eric Stokes and Jair Alexander. So I think Thielen can score a touchdown this week, but I'm still probably hesitant to start him. Only 13% of the targets last week on 30 routes, so that's not really all that promising. And you're still trying to get points. So I think that the one player in this offense that I'm starting this week that's not, you know, that's not Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins is Dalvin Cook. I do think he can have a very good game against this defense. 
And again, we saw all of the usage last week. He's just been one of those guys that continuously puts up those numbers. And, and I do think that at the end of the day, Minnesota is going to find a much better way of getting him the football in some space, maybe some more targets this week. So I'm, I'm liking the the ability there. You know, Dalvin Cook had four targets last week, only three receptions for 18 yards. So I want to see them get him in space a little bit more than they did last week. And on the flip side with this Eagles running back situation, this was a very weird, very weird game. Every running back they had on the roster scored a touchdown. Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, you can even consider Jalen Hurts as a potential running back for this offense. All four of them scored rushing touchdowns. That is a, a large amount of points being spread around through four players. So, you know, Miles Sanders did end up getting the bulk of the work on the ground. No, excuse yeah, he did 13 carries, 96 yards. He had a good day against the Detroit Lions defense. Kenneth Gainwell only had five attempts, but really the thing about Gainwell is that he came on the field for obvious passing situations and long distance plays, also on the goal line multiple times for Miles Sanders. So the Eagles think that Kenneth Gainwell is a guy that they can get a lot of use out of 22 snaps against the, the Lions. You know, he had four targets. So this the most on the team with those two receptions. So I do think they're going to be trying to get everyone more involved. They really tried to showcase AJ Brown, who again is a must start this week, no matter who, who you're playing, especially if they're going to keep showcasing him that way. So the, the Vegas total for this game uh, with the Eagles and the Vikings is 50. I think it could go over that quite easily with these two high powered offenses. All it's going to take are a few busted coverages. And I think that's bound to happen in this game, but you're looking top down the tight end position on both sides is a little murky. I don't think that Dallas Goddard, <clears throat> excuse me, has a ton of value in terms of a redraft play this week in terms really this season, he's going to be very up and down. A.J. Brown is that tight end presence. He's a huge body, huge speed, lots of speed. He can do damage everywhere. But Dallas Goddard was that efficient player last year for this offense. And now it's really more of A.J. Brown taking that spot. So I'm interested to see how they end up using him. I would not start him this week because it's hard to know where the targets are going to go. I think Devontae Smith is going to have a bounce back week. But again, four, four targets last week, only one catch, which ended up coming back for a penalty. So... He was shut down by the former first uh, number one overall player. Was it? Remember, he was a fourth round draft. Excuse me, first round pick, fourth player taken off the board in Jeff Akuda, if I'm not mistaken. So, not a great day for him. I'm hoping he bounces back. But the one receiver that I'm confident is AJ Brown. I don't feel very confident about Dallas Goddard. I don't feel very confident about Devontae Smith having big games. But if this is going to be a high scoring affair, it's very possible. It, it could be any of these guys. I could be definitely be wrong, but I think that the running backs, along with Jalen, excuse me, along with Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown, are going to take the bulk of this work. So both sides I think are going to put up some points. I think Adam Thielen's a fringe flex play this week. I think he could have some touchdown upside. I'm not starting Irv Smith. I'm not starting you know anybody else except for those two receivers: Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and then you have Kirk Cousins. And Dalvin Cook. That's really where it starts for the and, and then you know for that game. The last game we'll talk about: Cardinals versus Raiders. Both teams got. I wouldn't say that Raiders got humiliated, but they were never really in that game. The Chargers absolutely dismantled them. The Cardinals, we know the Chiefs put up forty-four on them. They didn't have any great chemistry on offense. Obviously, they have facing a lot of injuries. The point total in that game currently looks. Let me see really quick here. If I can find it, that'd be nice. 
So we got 51.5 for the Raiders versus the Cardinals. That's a lot of points for two offenses that didn't look great last week. But again, two defenses that didn't either. So um, that's whether we have the point total. This is a spot I think you could see a bounce back for Kyler Murray specifically, who didn't have the best game. I, I do think that he can hopefully get Rondell Moore back. I think he and Marquise Brown will have much better chemistry in this game against a, a worse defense than they funnily played against the Chiefs in week one, who played out much better than I think most people expected. But yeah, Marquise Brown, I'm still going to play him. It looked like Zach Ertz was more comfortable than maybe most expected coming off of his injury, so I'm going to play him as well against a defense where your linebackers are really this one of the weaknesses of that Raiders sec, um defense you can really attack them with Zach Ertz and I think that even though he's not the most athletic guy in the world anymore we saw that he can get open and be a really still a touchdown threat he scored against the, the Chiefs so I think that he could have a good game as well James Conner against this defense in, in you know, Las Vegas is not is definitely something I'm looking to attack I think you saw him get six targets last week definitely what I'm looking for with James Conner was the lion's share of the player you know Benjamin got in there late but James Conner is clearly the guy in Arizona to be the starter he's going to get a bunch of those carries and I think that he's going to show again everybody that he's not just touchdown dependent he can score points every single week he just also scores touchdowns so yes um those are the three guys that I'm playing along with Kyler Murray on that side flip over to the Las Vegas Raiders and this is an interesting it's an interesting team okay because not only did you know Devonta Adams absolutely dominate Every statistical category for the, the Las Vegas Raiders. Everyone else just kind of underperformed. And, and that, that was kind of disappointing. <laughs> this is an absolutely insane statistic. Devontae Adams got nearly a 50% target share in this game. 50% of every target went to Devontae Adams. Which is something I expected. At least maybe not to that extent. I was closer to maybe a 30% target share. That's why I had him as my wide receiver five this year. I just think that the offense is going to flow through Devonta Adams. Everyone else is going to be able to hopefully pick up the slack. But Hunter Renfro, 17.1. Darren Waller, 17. It wasn't a great showing by those guys. And they were unable to match up with Derwin James. They're going to face more likely or not Isaiah Simmons this week as a guy who's going to play more on Darren Waller. We'll see how that works out because last week Travis Kelsey carved him up. So maybe they do a little bit differently things on defense in Arizona. But Darren Waller is a smash play, I think, this week. That defense is bad. It's not good. I know that the Chiefs are really, really good offensively, but they could not do anything. They blitzed. They played zone. They played man. It didn't matter what happened. They were out of position all game. I think Darren Waller is going to be a really good play in this game along with, I think, a bounce back from Hunter Renfro. I think that... The collective offense of the Las Vegas Raiders may be more focused on the air than on the ground. That offensive line's not great. I'm hoping to see a little bit more of an impact from everybody else. You know, like I said, it wasn't a great showing for anybody on the ground. They they ran the ball 16. No, excuse me, that's the receiving stats. I'm just going to pull up to rushing. So you had 13 total rushes from everybody. Josh Jacobs averaged 5.7 yards per carry on 10 attempts, 57 yards. They didn't do a whole lot on the ground. So I think maybe they try to get back to that a little bit this week, and that can help the play-action pass, getting guys like Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller down the seams where they're going to be most effective. Obviously, Hunter Renfro with that short area getting open quickly kind of face. So this could be a lot, a lot of fun. It could be a lot of fireworks that could go over easily. I also think that both offenses have the... Capability to just not be very good. And we can see that play out until the Arizona Cardinals get healthy and the 
Las Vegas Raiders get more complimented with their offense. I think 50% is too much. Devontae Adams is great. You can't target him 50% of the time. You have to get more people involved. You have to show defenses that you're going elsewhere to, to make them think that you possibly could do something different. So I do think that the guys you're starting probably going to start both quarterbacks. I think that Kyler Murray could have a really good bounce back game. He's probably going to do more with his legs in this game than he did against the Chiefs, specifically because those edge rushers are going to be everywhere. I think, you know, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones are going to be in the backfield a lot. He can do a little bit more with his legs, getting up those seams from a bat from an offensive line that didn't perform well against the Chiefs' pass rush, which has been bad in the past. So I, I do believe that you're going to start Kyler Murray. You're going to start Derek Carr if you have to. Um, if you don't, maybe look somewhere else because, again, he's never been the most fantasy-friendly quarterback. Um, but the receivers, I'm probably still going to start, especially in the PPR leagues. You're going to look at uh, Hunter Renfro, more of a, a fringe um, flex play. I do think Darren Waller is your guy. You start him as, obviously, Devontae Adams play him. And then on the other side, you still start, like I said, like I said Zach Ertz. I think you start James Conner. I don't think you really want to go back to Josh Jacobs this week. Maybe wait and see what happens. Um, unless you don't have a choice, then he's more of a flex play for me. Our RB2 value, I'm not entirely sure that he's going to have a huge role this week. But like I said, the only two guys really got involved in Brandon Bolden and Josh Jacobs. So um, whatever, he, he's your guy, he's your guy, you go let him start. And he's going to probably going to see more of... I think he'll see a little bit more receiving work, too, uh, even though Brandon Bolden got two targets. You know, Josh Jacobs only got one. So, you know, you never know. I think Josh Jacobs is the better receiver myself, but you never know. All right. So, yeah, those are the three games that we're looking at this week as the most explosive. Obviously, if you guys have any questions or start set questions that you want to ask me personally, uh, in harm's way 19 on Twitter, you can get at me there. Also, if you join the Fantasy Football Astronauts Discord, you can at me in there. It's the exact same at. You can ask questions there at any time. Now... This is where I want to bring back a little bit of a segment that I did last year for the Astronauts YouTube page and trust them or bust them. Every single week we seem to have players that we don't expect to go off and players that we don't expect to bust do all that stuff. So we're going to talk a little bit about some quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends that had good and bad weeks last week and how we can treat them going forward. I think specifically we want to start off with Carson Wentz, 22.72 points against the Jaguars last week. I don't necessarily think that that's going to continue, okay? I don't think that Carson Wentz is that kind of a player, but he was the quarterback three last week, scoring 27, or excuse me, 20. What am I looking at here? 22.72. I have multiple different numbers here. Either way, it probably differs per league, but the one that I have on fantasy data is 22.72 points, okay? So that's what we're going to go with. But at the end of the day, he was the third quarterback last week. Four touchdowns. He did throw two picks. You're going to see a, more of a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde kind of player. But these are the best weapons that he's had around him in a while. So that there is a lot of value in that. I think that Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, who scored two touchdowns, you know, Curtis Samuel, who's being more of a dominant player, looks like he was when he was healthy, looks like this offense could be a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, Antonio Gibson also showing more of that receiving versatile play, which I expected coming, you know, with Brian Robinson coming in as being more of a running back that they want to use. You can utilize Antonio Gibson more in the passing game. It really just helps Carson Wentz not have to make a ton of decisions. You can make the offense easier for him and not have to make him read defenses. You're really going to help him. But I don't expect him to be this this week. I don't expect that to happen at all. And when you really look at what happens, they're playing the Lions, okay? Washington's playing the Lions. So I guess there is very um, 
easily couldn't have that same kind of game, but he could also just come back and be the two-pick guy or the three-pick guy where he doesn't throw the four touchdowns. So for this week, the consistency, okay, so just going from week one and week two, I do think if you have Carson Wentz and you don't have another choice, like you have Carson Wentz or Derek Carr, I actually might lean towards Derek Carr, excuse me, towards Carson Wentz this week because, again, you've got the Lions defense and I think the, the Washington offensive line is much better than people expected it to be. So the pass uh, pass protection is there. And I do think, again, the weapons really help him out. So while I can say that I don't expect the consistency to be there from Carson Wentz, I also think that at least going forward into this week against the Lions, also a sneaky game that could be a lot of points scored. Okay? So, yeah, I'm going to start Carson Wentz this week if you have to. Okay? If you're, say you have Dak Prescott, now, you have Carson Wentz on the bench. You obviously are going to start him, but if you have multiple players, he's a guy that if you're not confident in your quarterback starting, you can probably play Carson Wentz this week and look at a 20-plus point game. Aaron Rodgers scored 3.7 points last week. Whew, 3.7. This has kind of been a week one disaster fest for Aaron Rodgers over the last couple of weeks, or excuse me, the last couple of years. Week one, they just don't really have that chemistry going. Maybe it's because he doesn't play in the preseason and doesn't really do much throughout training camp. So maybe there's something to that before he gets into a rhythm. Obviously, he could have had a big touchdown to Christian Watson along the sideline there. He just dropped it, and he was not happy about that. He don't think he's very happy with the receiver situation. He has found himself two rookie players doing a lot of the, the, the snap, playing a lot of the snaps. You know, Sammy Watkins isn't a very good player anymore. Randall Cobb. All these guys are really just more of a, a a heap a heap of guys that you can find on any practice squad. There's not really stars here. I think that a lot of people are excited about Christian Watson, but he's not a very good player yet. He's going to take some development, some growth from him. And obviously, he had a good job burning that corner, but then he dropped the pass. Like this is a a thing that was obvious in his tape at NDSU, and it has translated onto the NFL so far. So hopefully, he can get better improve his ball tracking and keep not dropping those passes downfield and Rodgers won't be very happy about that so coming into this week we look at guys this offense is going to run through probably two running backs I think that AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones are going to be possible RB1s on both ends this year especially with the way that I think that they can both be utilized Aaron Jones might end up being the number one receiver on this team and when you think about it I mean that's a pretty good place to be for a guy that Aaron Rodgers trusts so they have the Chicago Bears this week. The Bears defense played pretty well against the 49ers. Um, but, you know, Green Bay is favored by 10 points in this game. So I'm not entirely um, sold on the the spread here. But I can tell you that I do think that the Packers will have a bounce back offensive performance. Uh, Jaquan Brisker is a very good defensive player for the Bears. But I don't necessarily see him being a huge difference maker in this game. Aaron Rodgers after games like this, typically bounces back. And I would imagine you have Aaron Rodgers, especially if he's the first quarterback you took, you're going to start him this week and don't expect 3.7 points. I would expect over 20 this week. On to the running back portion. Dontrell Hilliard, 21.9 points. Dontrell Hilliard, yes, that's right. He is one of the interesting players from this week because not only did he have a over 20-point game, he did it on 16 snaps. 16 snaps. To Derrick Henry's 8.2 points on 42 snaps. He didn't even have that many targets. He had four targets. Dontrell Hilliard had four targets. He had three receptions for 61 yards and two touchdowns. Okay. Do we think that that kind of performance is sustainable? No. 
It's not sustainable, especially when Derrick Henry is dwarfing the snap percentage, okay? He only got two carries, he had eight yards, and Derrick Henry had 21 carries for 82 yards, no touchdowns. I don't think that's going to hold up, okay? My my own personal opinion, Dontrell Hilliard maybe in games where they're down is going to end having, having some value, like maybe this week, for example, against the Buffalo Bills. Maybe he has more of those fantasy points from the, the receiving game. That's definitely possible in a game that they're most definitely going to be down a lot. So you probably don't see as much Derrick Henry. Consistency, though, not going to be there. But this week against the Buffalo Bills, I would be tempted to start Dontrell Hilliard in a game where he may get six to seven receptions alone. And that would really help, especially in some DFS slates, help diversify you a little bit. So looking at the fact that they're playing the Bills, you can get him, you play him on in your flex. You could probably even flex him in your normal leagues, in your redraft leagues. He's, a, he's a, definitely a guy that I would look at if you're having trouble figuring out who you're going to flex. Look at the game. Look at your other players and find out who's got the best matchup because I do think that he's going to be on the field quite a bit more than he was against the Giants, only playing 16 snaps, probably going to play nearly half of them in this game where... The Titans aren't a very good team. They just, I mean, they just let the Giants come back and beat them in that game that they should have won pretty easily. So I don't think that the Titans are a very good team myself. And Ryan Tannehill is a more of a, a safe player. He doesn't like to take too many chances, especially in an offense that currently is struggling. So I think Dontrell Hillier is a guy you can play this week as a flex play and get away with it. Is he going to have a 20-point game? Probably not. But he could but he could definitely score you 10 or more points, closer to 15, I think is a very reasonable um Expectations for Dontrell Hilliard this week against the Buffalo Bills. Alvin Kamara, 7.6 points. This was kind of a disappointment against the Falcons defense. This is very good. And I'm not entirely sure what ended up happening because I didn't get to watch that game. It wasn't on my you know, on my TV. But as we, we pull up some of the rushing numbers here, he only had nine rushes for 30 39 yards. So they didn't run the ball very much with him at all. Even with Mark Ingram, they had 13 total attempts combined. So the offense wasn't very successful. I think that it took them a while to get involved. In the second half, they really started to air the ball out more, and that's where you started to see the offense come back. So maybe Alvin Kamara can see a little bit more um, work in the passing game. Only had three receptions for seven yards. So I don't, I'm not entirely sure what's going on with Alvin Kamara, the player. Maybe he's not ready yet. Maybe his body is just not in peak physical condition for the season. I don't know. All I, all I know is right now, I don't expect him to be you know, a 7.6 point per game player. And I'm hoping that them finally getting things going at the second half of that game against the Falcons, that they're able to come out this week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and play a little bit better. But unfortunately, the the game for Alvin Kamara isn't the best. The offensive line has been struggling a little bit. And if he's not ready to go in terms of his body being in peak physical condition to, to be ready, he's probably not going to top that by very much this week against a much better run defense than he faced last week and much better linebackers against the pass coverage of the running backs. So I'm probably not playing Alvin Kamara this week at all. I'm going to pass on him. He's going to bust this week. I don't, I think he might even score less points than he did against the Falcons. So it's not, not a great lookout uh, outlook for Alvin Kamara this week. Wide receiver position, we have Devin Duvernay, a guy who I was not very high on coming into the season. Absolutely helping everyone, especially if you played him in DFS. 21.4 points against <clears throat> excuse me, the New York Jets. That was one of the things I didn't see coming. And 
when you look at what they were doing, throwing the ball down the field, that's really where Lamar has struggled for the most part of his career. He hasn't been someone that's been a deep field thrower or a, you know throwing it to the end zone unless it's Mark Andrews. Everyone else has really just been um, just not showing up in that category. But you know Devin Duvernay played 28 snaps, got a 13% target share. <clears throat> so he had you know three yards per route run. That's really good for a, for a game. It's for really good for a season if you can have that. Um, but had 58 air yards. So that was fifth on the team, I think. One, two, three. Four. So fourth on the team behind Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman, and Demarcus Robinson, funny enough. But he is doing a much better job scoring those two touchdowns. So do I expect Devin Duvernay to be a 20, 20, uh, plus 21-point player this week? I'm not entirely sure because it's going to be so hard to understand the usage of these players. Because when we look at the route, excuse me, the, just the snaps, Devin Duvernay played 28, Isaiah Likely played 24, Demarcus Robinson played 24. That's really what it comes down to for me, is Isaiah likely, I think, could be next week's Devin DuVernay. You never really know with the pass catchers in Baltimore, and specifically when it comes down to figuring that out against a much better defense in the Miami Dolphins, um, I'm not entirely sure. I think Devin DuVernay is not going to have that kind of week. It could be more Rashad Bateman this week. It could be more Mark Andrews. It could be more Isaiah likely this week, but... One thing I do know is that if you have Devin DuVernay and you're trying to figure out whether you should start him or not, don't start him. If you have to, if you have to flex him, if it's a deeper league, yeah, go ahead. You don't really have much of a choice because he could still garner a deep target for a touchdown and help your your flex vision. But if you don't have a choice, if you have choices, I'm probably sitting Devin DuVernay this week. <clears throat> Unfortunately, the same is about the next guy, whose quarterback got hurt. Cooper Cup, excuse me, not Cooper Cup. Ceedee Lamb scored 4.9 points last week in a game against. The Buccaneers that was messy from the get-go, even when Dak Prescott was there, it was not a very good showing from him, the offense. It was just ugly. And now you have Cooper Rush as the quarterback. Maybe he gets more um, volume in terms of target share, but there's not much about what the Cowboys were doing offensively. Even CeeDee Lamb, to an extent, was having trouble in that game just playing well. They, they, they looked out of sync. They looked uncomfortable on the field. They looked like they didn't belong. And... The Dallas Cowboys do have a, a lesser defense to play than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're playing Cincinnati this week, but you know Cooper Rush again. If you're you're talking about building a game script around Cooper Rush, it's going to be running the football, play action. You hope you have some big plays in the run games that you can set up some play action for him. But he's not going to be a guy that leaves you feeling like, yeah, I can start CD Land this week as my number one or number two wide receiver. I'll be pretty comfortable with that. I think CD Land might score ten points this week. So he ends up being more of a flex play for me. I can't really um, justify him being a, a true starter unless we start to see Cooper Rush kind of be better than Dak Prescott was this this year already. And him just only targeting CD. If he's going to get the volume, yeah, you can start him. But I don't know if he's going to get the volume. I don't know if he's going to be very good. I don't know if the quarterback's going to be able to get him the ball. So unfortunately, CeeDee Lamb's also a bust for me this week. On to the tight end position. The last thing we'll talk about today, O.J. Howard scored 17.8 points with <clears throat> excuse me, two targets last week. That's it. He had two targets and scored two touchdowns for the Houston Texans. That's not happening again, okay? It's, it's not happening again. He's not going to score two touchdowns. I'm hoping, I think everyone's kind of hoping that he does finally hit. Maybe he sees more, uh, maybe he sees more snaps this, this week. That's possible. 
I definitely think that that's possible because at the end of the day, what all, all, the only thing you're trying to do is score points. And in Houston, in a team that's not very good, yeah, I think you could just find ways to get him you know, on the field. He only played 12 snaps last week. Four routes run. That's it. That's all he played. So maybe he earned himself some more catching those two touchdowns. But the guy that was on the field most for tight end position was Farrell Brown. 50 snaps. Brevin Jordan, 42 snaps. You know, all of these, all of these players, man, in Houston are, are, are kind of a, a dice roll each each week. But again, three tight ends played in this game. OG Howard was the third, and it wasn't very close. Like I said, Farrell Brown, 50 snaps. Brevin Jordan, 42 snaps. So yeah, I'm probably not starting OJ Howard unless he starts to show again more snaps and one of those guys either gets hurt or they just don't play because OJ Howard's outperforming them. So yeah, I don't expect OJ to be this kind of a, a performer each and every week. Kyle Pitts, the, the, big, the big shocker of the week. 3.9 points. Maybe this, the Saints just focused their attention on Kyle Pitts, which is definitely possible to do. Only 3.9 points, not great uh, for the unicorn. He is definitely, most definitely a unicorn, all right? Like, that's not even that's not even in question. So, what this ends up coming down to, I think, at the end of the day, you just kind of trust that Kyle Pitts is, is that unicorn and is that good. He's going to be a focal point. I think the Falcons might be a little bit better than I even I expected. So that's nice to see. I think the usage for Marcus Mariota, he can make tight ends relevant, but you know, he did command 21% of the target share on 60 snaps. So it's all going to be there. He's got 93 air yards. Average depth of target was 13.3. Uh, so he's going to get the volume. It's going to be there. It's going to get there. So I'm not too worried about Kyle Pitts' outlook. I definitely think it could have been better in the first week against the Saints, um, but he's going to get all of that. It's going to come with time. Maybe it takes a little bit longer, but... The Rams are their opponent this week. I think at the end of the day, he might end up seeing some Jalen Ramsey in a time where he is really looking to prove to everybody that he's still Jalen Ramsey. So maybe it's a little bit dicey, but you can't sit Kyle Pitts. I can't sit Kyle Pitts. And I'm not going to sit Kyle Pitts. So I still think he's going to have a bounce back week. All right, everybody. I do have one start sit question. All right. That was pretty cool. From my guy, Britton Northcutt. On Twitter at BN, oh, sorry, B Northcut00. Appreciate the question, man. Clyde Christian Kirk or Allen Robinson at the flex, one point PPR. Comfortably, my, in my opinion, I think it's Christian Kirk. He's going to see a ton of targets in that game. I think they're trying to get more uh, custom offensively. I think he still saw, saw quite a bit of target volume in that first game. He's the go to guy in that offense. I do think that Trevor Lawrence is going to be better this week than he was last week. And again, Christian Kirk is that guy. Even though he's the slot player, he's going to get a ton of targets, a ton of yak opportunities. So, yeah, I would go Christian Kirk at this position because I do think he's going to have a pretty good game and the offense of the Jacksonville Jaguars is going to look to bounce back a little bit. Thanks for the question, man. All right, everybody, that'll be it for today. Next week, we're going to hopefully have a, a surprise guest for you. I'll work through that and we'll see what happens. But if you guys have any questions, please don't feel... Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at inharmsway19. You can message me. You can at me. Again, you can also join the Fantasy Football Astronauts Discord. You look for the link on Jetpack's uh, Twitter page. I can throw one out there, too, for you guys. But if you're looking for the, the, the Discord, hit up Jetpack. Hit up myself. We'll find you guys. We'll get you the, the link to the Discord. And you can always at me or at, at anybody else on the Fantasy Football Astronauts staff and ask your questions. 
I hope you guys enjoyed this this episode today. Like I said, we're going to do this weekly. We're going to have more information next week. Trying to find those games that are going to be the biggest blow-ups and blow-outs. We want to see that hopefully reflect in your fancy lineups. This is Daniel Harms. And we are blasting off once again. See you guys next time.